Hi, I'm Tony Russo, and this is A Bagel Manifesto, where I share stories about coming to terms with belief, culture, and the profound sense of loss that nobody really cares about bagels anymore. Okay, let's get into it. There is a bunch of stuff to get to today, so I'm going to start right out with an apology, a warning, and I guess a disclaimer. Uh, The apology is, I said I would do these on Fridays, and that was when I was living in delusion land where I was ahead on my deadline. Um, That hasn't happened yet. There is a day in the future where my deadlines get hit two days in advance, and then I spend Friday doing fun stuff like this. That day has not yet come. So I'll do this on Sundays. I'll do this when I can, but I do want to continue to do it weekly. So hang on. Uh, The other thing is, I guess the disclaimer comes next. If anyone that I mention in this dies tragically, I'm not talking about them. Um, (laughs) And the reason that that's important, and I want to share this with you because I think it's funny, is so I have all these notes as this is this is a project where I go through all these notes. And um, I want to read you one of my notes that I, I, I meant to write about this in December, December 7th, December 5th, between December 5th and December 7th, 2021. I wrote the following. The real tragedy is that it's someone's job to take Matthew Perry seriously. Now, that literally could have come out right after he died. And I would have felt a little bad about that because here's the rest of what I had written in my notes. Um, The whole thing goes like this. I want to try to tread lightly here. So I apologize in advance if you like friends or celebrity gossip. Earlier this week, I wrote the following in the Bagel Manifesto chat. The real tragedy is that it's someone's job to take Matthew Perry seriously. It was in response to something my wife had read online about him being bitter that he was the only junkie among the friends, I think. I don't know for sure, and I don't intend to do any research into the matter. The thing is that there's nothing a famous person has to say that I need to hear. I wonder if fanaticism is like madness. And fanaticism there, I mean in the sense of being a fan of of someone. Um... It's just really hard. Like, as soon as I hear that there's a famous person that has an opinion, I also stop caring and most of the time stop paying attention. It would have been tacky. Uh, I wouldn't have pulled it down, but it would have been tacky. I wrote something about Paul McCartney a couple of weeks ago, and it was the same thing. I'm like, I hope he doesn't die between the time I hit publish and the time this comes out. Paul McCartney, as I understand that, is still alive. I didn't even say anything mean about Paul McCartney, but I just wanted to get that straight. Also. I have a cold. I can hear it. I don't know if you can, but if you can, I apologize for my snuffiness. Now, um, the last thing is the other thing that I thought I was going to be cool about when I was doing this is because this has a video component and I thought that I would just wear whatever and like, I don't want to be, I don't want to have to get dressed to do this. I don't want to have to get dressed to do anything. I mean, Christ, that's that's why I do what I do for a living, so that it's really rare that I have to have, like, clothes on. I like to wear a robe. I have five different robes that I wear, depending upon my mood and the temperature in the house. But I realized that I haven't cultivated the forgiveness, um, the the understanding. Uh, no one in their right mind sees me in my robe and doesn't think something crazy pervy is going on or something at least a little lascivious. So I actually sat down. I'm like, I'm just going to do it and do it in my robe. And I didn't, I chickened out and I apologize, but not really. I I guess 
You're welcome, and I apologize, is what I was going to get at there. Okay, so now, to the notebook dump. This was from Halloween. Actually, this is something that's been going on. I first started writing about this before the apocalypse, and I've never really been able to get a good sense of how to present it, because I only barely know what I'm talking about, which is a problem. And also because it's racial and I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. I'm not afraid of talking about racial things, but I am afraid of hurting someone's feelings by being careless and I can be careless. So I went to see Bullet by Steve McQueen, starring Steve McQueen by whoever wrote Bullet. You can look it up. Um, And it was not a good movie. And that isn't what I'm here to talk about, but I, I figure it's it's to let you know that, you know, they, they made this big thing about it. It was, I guess, the 50th anniversary of the movie Bullet, which has a very famous car chase in San Diego, which famously, um, what's his name? Steve McQueen did some of his own stunts, and there's a whole thing about it. Uh, so I used, I had movie pass at the time. That's how long ago it was. And... I used my movie pass to go and see Bullet, which I just had always heard about, but had never seen. And it is kind of a mess. Like, Jacqueline Bissett's in it, but there's no good reason why. Um, except that they, I guess, had to have a pretty woman in the... I mean, she's an actual actress. She didn't have to be... Uh, she was She was, She was. was there exclusively to be eye candy and still was underused. <laughs> um, there's all sorts of problems with the movie. It's an okay movie. It's a regular old... 1960s action movie and to expect more from it is to expect to be disappointed but what i didn't know was that ford was sponsoring it because they were re-releasing the bullet mustang and what you might not have known was the bullet mustang maybe saved ford in the uh in the 1970s it it, it just revived the whole muscle car thing and it was because everybody wanted this cool car and what was cool about the car was that it was one of the things Steve McQueen did do, and he credit where it's due. He said, I want to buy, I want to drive the coolest car a guy making whatever this guy makes. There's no way Steve McQueen knows what a detective makes. Um, the guy, whatever this guy makes, I want to drive the coolest car that I can buy for that salary level. And this was it. And then everyone at that salary level and above went out and bought this Ford because Steve McQueen is cool and... That's how that went. But that is not what I want to talk about. What was also going on and continues to go on occasionally was a conversation culturally about, um, I think it was called uh, colorblind casting uh, at the time. It's It's got a lot of a lot of different names. And I guess this was maybe not too long after Hunger Games came out and they either cast a black girl as a white girl or a white girl as, I do not care. That is not the point. The point is that in Bullet, there is a young black surgeon. And again, this is 1968. And he gets into it with the, you know, the heavy, the politician who's played by Robert Vaughn, um, who has played a bad guy in pretty much every movie you've seen him in. He's just like a kind of, sni- look him up. He's a kind of, I guess, snivelly kind of guy. He was in The Magnificent Seven. He played the coward. Um, he was in uh, Columbo with some regularity. So that's that's the guy. So Robert Vaughn speaks to this guy like really, you know, dismissively. And 
I was just blown away by the by the tension that it caused, like the 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 racial tension, because he's supposedly a politician, and it is the late sixties, and he's really coming hard down, you know, in, in front of people on on this young black surgeon, and it bothered me so much that I looked up the book because what my suspicions were were confirmed. The doctor's white in the book. I mean, like, they're like, the young blonde doctor came into the room. I looked it up, I read it. And the dialogue is the same. And also, the characters are the same, and the stakes are the same, and everything is the same, except the color of the man's skin. And they just hired this guy to be the doctor, for for whatever reason. It occurred to me that when we talk about things like colorblind casting, that is good in fantasy movies. You know, that is good in space movies. I'm sorry, it's never bad. But if you if you set something in the real world, I mean, color and the tensions that surround color exist in the real world. You can't you can't pretend it. Like honestly, the surgeon was a nothing character if he wasn't a black guy. Right? He was just a he was just a you know a, a, an officious surgeon who helped Steve McQueen when the chips were down. But when he's a black guy, there is this extra baggage that naturally comes along with it and it heightens the tension. It improves the movie. <laughs> I, I would love to, and no one's written about this. I please, if you if you want to knock yourself out, look online. I can't find any film people who have written about this. And I would love to know, you know, what the film people think. When you look at bullet and film. All they want to talk about is Steve McQueen and the car and the fucking chase or whatever. But what's really interesting to me, and I think what's really interesting at all about a movie that is barely interesting, is this guy's role and how it like exacerbated the tension. And what I loved about Robert Vaughn's performance when he's, you know, giving this guy a hard time and, you know, barking orders and stuff at him, is he he's he's giving almost a colorblind performance you know he's like i'm just yelling at you person because i am a senator and since i'm a senator i'm naturally an asshole i don't care what color you are you're worse than me no matter what color you are and that only again it only heightens the tension so um don't don't bother to watch bullet i mean you can if you want it's probably 90 minutes long 10 minutes of it is driving around in San Francisco after some guys and blowing up their car. Um, double switcheroo at the end or whatever. It's a, it's a fine movie. It's not, it's not a fine movie, but it's a movie. If you have 90 minutes, you can spend it in worse ways. Um, I mentioned earlier on, and I will mention again, that I had written this in the uh, Bagel Manifesto chat. Uh, it's not really the Bagel Manifesto chat anymore. It's the by Tony Russo chat. But if you go to substack.com, and you subscribe to my newsletter, there's a chat where we can chat back and forth, or you can just see some of my notes, because sometimes instead of putting notes in my uh, in my handy-dandy leather notebook, which I'm very proud of, I'll put them on the chat to see if anybody else wants to talk about them. Sometimes people do, sometimes people don't, but there's plenty there to see, plenty there to talk about. And oh, we'll call it a day. I will hopefully be less sick and more interesting next week. So what do you think? Even though I've been the only one talking for a while, I'd love to get your impression. You can shoot me an email at bytonyrusso at gmail.com. You can support me and the show by buying my book, Dragged into the Light, 
truthers, reptilians, super soldiers, and death inside an online cult. It's available everywhere you get books. The audio version's out now, and I'd love for you to get that as well, or instead. You can also sign up for the newsletter at abagelmanifesto.com. You can follow me on social at by Tony Russo on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. This show was written and produced by me, Tony Russo. Keep the faith.